As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show where we take a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be tossed into the black hole of obscurity or remembered for all of human history. Uh, my name is Steve, and I am one of the hosts, and with me is a man who no longer has a chance to be visited by his cyborg son from the future. It's... <laughs> it's Yehel. Yes, thank you, Steve. I have tossed my sperm into the black hole of, of obscurity. Uh, uh, you had two weeks to come up with that uh, comment, didn't you? <laughs> uh, I just came up with it now. Oh, uh, well I, done. I, I did have a few others I had workshopped, but since, uh, <laughs> but you know, the transition was too uh, too tempting mm -hmm. to pass up. I mean, do you want to like, do you want to clarify to the listener slash viewer exactly what you're talking about? Oh yes, when I masturbate, I just do it right into the trash can. <laughs> And, uh, no, oh, no, this no. is a Howard Stern episode here. My <laughs> God. No, no, no. I had a vasectomy a couple days ago. Uh, at the got, got got to get up at the chipper hour of five a.m. to go. Uh, I don't know what's was, worse, waking up that early or getting your balls chopped off. I know, right? Well, Steve, they don't chop off your balls. Uh, what? They don't? <laughs> they just make two little incisions in mm -hmm. your ball sack. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't leave a scar, and they <laughs> cut your vas deferens. And then they, I guess they cauterize it or something. They burn the end so that it, so that it doesn't heal. Uh, uh -huh. And um, yeah, and in about six, it takes about six weeks apparently to get all of the sperm that's just hanging out or whatever, like out. So in six weeks, get to give them a sample of the old Yehel goo <laughs> and uh, the Yehel baby batter. And then uh, as long as there's no actual babies in the baby batter then i'm mm. in the clear so yeah in about six weeks is when it'll technically be clear but uh I, I highly recommend it like i it really wasn't that painful like you you i was a little achy the first day mm. second day practically nothing and today uh they feel almost normal well this episode is brought to you by johnson's vasectomies vasectomies at half <laughs> the price <laughs> big johnson's vasectomies remember yeah, those yeah, big yeah, johnson yeah. shirts did you ever have one of those no, no, but I remember like lots of kids in elementary school had them, which I thought was like weird. <laughs> they would be, yeah, they think they'd all, they were all edgy, wearing them to like second grade. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm over here rocking a no fear shirt, just, you know, showing everyone that I have no fear. I, I never had those either, what? but yeah, I remember those. Not even yeah, one? Yeah. No, but I did have some body glove shirts. All right. And, um, That's more like it. I had one of the, uh, I think I had a hyper color shirt as well. Nice, nice. Well, uh, think, speaking of things uh, from the 90s, uh, of course, if you're sticking with us for our uh, summer of uh, image, um, you know, celebration, if you will, because it's their uh, 30th. Did you even know that it was their 30th anniversary? I have to say that that was kind of like an accident on our part. Um, oh, well, Steve, at the uh, Reptilian Media Production meeting, uh, <laughs> We we did discuss that. I wish you would have been there. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, yeah. Who are you having meetings with if I'm not uh, there? <laughs> but no, I didn't know that. Oh, one last thing, Steve. I did want to say about vasectomies. Oh, is please that, bring uh, it back to to talk this is just about what, like, because I had thought about this joke earlier. Oh, so okay. uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, you can't have sex for about a week, mm -hmm. up to two weeks if you're taking longer to heal or whatever. You're still sore. Mm -hmm. But uh, hey, if you're a listener of Obscurity now, that shouldn't be any change no! in your daily life. They, All right. Thank you for insulting our uh, our very uh, minimal audience. But uh, yes, yes. <laughs> we all we all know you're very highly virile men and women. Like he's yes, uh, yes. It's just a joke. I mean, I yeah, assume if yeah. you watch this show, you're probably in line with our sense. You're, of you're probably having sex listening to the show. Who I wouldn't? Assume, uh, I mean, our voices yeah. are. I mean, just listen to this. Who wouldn't want to make love to the sound of this? God, it sounds like sandpaper talking. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I forgot right, about my cold. Uh, oh, well. Uh, right, and now well. I just acknowledged it when I said I didn't want to. But uh, 
Anyway, yes, uh, speaking of uh, the 90s, yes, we've been talking about uh, Image Comics, and uh, we had our uh, Young Blood episode, uh, specifically talking about uh, the creator of um, Rob Liefeld. And um, so, of course, I, I'm a member of these various, like, Facebook groups, and I don't even, I don't think, I didn't join this one specifically so I could post the episode in there, but I'm in a group called, it's called Extreme, a Rob Liefeld Facebook group or something like that. Okay. So I'm like, uh, yeah, so sure, I should probably post the episode in there. And I do know that, or I did know that Rob Liefeld was actually in that group. Like he would pop up occasionally, like commenting on things. And so I'm just like, hey, maybe he'll comment on uh, on the, the podcast that I'm about to throw up here. And I uh, put it up. And uh, first comment, <laughs> it's Rob Liefeld. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I didn't realize that he's an actual moderator of the group. In fact, I think he might have created it himself. Um, it sounds like something he might do. So, yeah, the uh, his comment was, and I'm just, uh, I'll try to bring it to life here using my uh, acting and VO skills. As a, Anybody actually listen to these? Just let me know. I'll take it down. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm like, Ooh, okay, well, um, you know, maybe Rob is not a big fan of uh, podcasts or whatever. And then, like, and then I was looking at the thumbnail, and I was like, I mean, there's nothing insulting there except for it said, "Hey, kids, do you like pouches?" I mean, I, I, I bet, I bet that's what rubbed him the wrong way. Or maybe he actually listened to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do. We were complimentary in the end. Yeah, no, no, no. We were. I thought we were complimentary throughout. I mean, yeah, we we poked fun at a couple things here and there, but I mean, honestly, he's got like his own very distinctive art style, and I wish I could draw half as well as. Sure. He I mean, I immediately jumped in there. I was like, because uh, I, you know, I posted. I was like, you know, describing the show and how it works. You know, should young blood be tossed in the black hole of obscurity? And I was like, hey, Rob, spoiler alert. We're you know we're really big fans. If you don't like it, uh, you know, I'll take it down. Um, like I wasn't so much worried about his reaction as the rest right. of the group. Like sure, I was exactly. afraid they would pick up like on his, uh, you know, maybe his tone. lack of enthusiasm. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, fuck podcasts." Like, but yeah. it was the opposite. Uh, there was a lot of uh, likes, and we actually got a lot of uh, listens uh, because of posting in there. Um, and yeah, Rob never re replied to me. So overall, it was the right move, I would wow. say. Uh, yeah. So well, uh, our feud with Rob Liefeld, <laughs> I'm sure, will continue. Uh, I do want to point out we have Kenny P. Collin here in the chat. He earlier said of your ASMR, he called it ASMR at its best. <laughs> uh, he also said that Rob Liefeld worships feet and refuses to draw them for religious reasons. You think he and Quentin Tarantino that. hang out and watch feet videos together? Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, you know, we are we, we were not uh, savage in our critique of Rob Liefeld like he assumed we were. But we do have a dragon of the savage variety to <laughs> review. Hey, we can't. It's, all right. Really reaching. That is a beautiful segue, but we can't jump mm. in there. I've got a segue here. Uh, oh, I apologize. Continue going with the Rob Liefeld. Uh, so there's a video on um, the Obscurity Now uh, YouTube channel. Uh, basically, I was uh, on vacation the last couple of weeks uh, visiting my parents in their uh, small town of uh, Georgia and uh, to try to encapsulate all this or to, in other words to make a long story short like a friend's son of my uh, mom like had a bunch of comics laying around and I was like hey I'd like to you know poke through them and uh, take a look and I just assumed I'd like go up in their attic and like poke mm -hmm. around in these uh, long boxes and then try to make a deal or something. Well, I get there, the guy has it all strewn about on uh, the living room floor, and he's like, hey, they're mostly X-Men reprints. If you want them, just take them. And I was like, at first, I was like, ugh. Because, like, I mean, it was X-Men from the 80s. <laughs> I never, and then also, like, X-Factor and Excalibur. Stuff, like, I just don't care about. But I was like, well, if this guy took the time to bring it down, I'll at least take it off his hands and look through it. So I did, and there was some decent stuff in there, uh, but the highlights were uh, this Rob Liefeld drawn What If uh, with oh, nice. uh, yeah Wolverine there. I mean, this isn't really a high-dollar book, but I always like the color or cover. Um, so, yeah, it's a cool cover. And I saw this one first, and as I was digging through, I was like, hmm, there sure are a lot of new mutants in this collection. Perhaps there's a new Mutants 98, which is the first appearance of Deadpool, of course. 
Uh, there wasn't, but I did. I'd say this is a runner-up to that, and that's New Mutants '87, first appearance oh, of Cable, wow. right there. Which I, I remember, I had that one, man. I regret, uh, I regret losing most of my comics. I have all, yeah, I've always wanted this one too. And there was also a lot of other first appearances in there. First appearance of Apocalypse, first appearance of Mister Sinister, um, and so on and so forth. So. That was a nice little surprise. I, I mean, someone it's basically like someone handed you like a fist full of, I don't know, $10 bills, I guess. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about Rob Liefeld. We are here to talk about uh, the Savage Dragon. Shall we just go ahead and go to the Obscuratron, you hell? Please, let's, let's do that. <laughs> I was just turning my, my microphone down. It was pretty loud on, the, uh, on YouTube. So. All right, here we go. Welcome to your feature presentation. All right, so hell, let's just get right into it. What is your history with uh, one Savage Dragon and Eric Larson? So Eric Larson was not one of the, correct me if I'm wrong, he was not one of the original founding members of Image. So I think he like showed up maybe like a year later or. Are you sure? I anybody? thought I'm, he's considered a founder. Oh, is he a founding yeah. member? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, all right. Well, that corrected me because mm. I was wrong. Uh, but yeah, so I do remember though, picking up the first issue of Savage Dragon. I mean, the first, I think I mentioned before the first couple of years of Image mm -hmm. I was picking up. Of the, the miniseries? Um, yeah, yeah. The, the one that the cover just came up here. Right. Yeah, uh, that's the miniseries. Yeah. Um, and I liked it, but mm -hmm. I didn't become like a huge fan and I never like stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, didn't hate it. Just, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, it, you know, he's not like a traditional nineties superhero. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, um, he doesn't like shoot things or have like weird glowy things shit around his hands right yeah he's not enough pouches despite uh, as a police officer <laughs> if anybody should have a ton of pouches and be get away with it it would be savage dragon as a cop well i think that's a good segue into sort of uh eric larson's uh kind of style i sure. i would say uh as an artist he is basically like the opposite of a rob liefeld or a jim lee in the way mm -hmm. that his stuff is pretty simple like he doesn't do a lot of like um little little stuff it's just like look at savage dragon right there he's just a guy in a wife beater and jeans basically um and uh i mean do you enjoy i mean because i know i would say that eric larson his style is can be divisive like what do you think of his style oh i oh i, th I think he's got like a really i, I think he's a great artist mm -hmm. uh i will say though be i don't think it stands out uh in terms of like you know, like Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, those guys have like very extremely distinct art styles, I feel like, where you can like spot it a mile away. Whereas if Eric Larson draws Superman and you see three other comic book artists that drew Superman, I don't know that you necessarily pick out who, which one was Eric Larson's or something. See, I, I can agree to that statement uh, to a point because it's uh, weird. All right, so I actually read uh, quite a bit of Savage Dragon. It's like uh, one of the at first, yeah, I think I got uh, like the number, or at least I read the miniseries and a bit of the uh, of the ongoing. I know my my brother collected it at first, and so I'm sure I read his. And uh, yeah, just like yourself, I was like, this is pretty cool. I just like how different it is. I mean, who? Uh, like what superhero joins like the police force? <laughs> I mean, right. I mean that's. I do want to point out, you know, Kenny P. Collin had mentioned in the chat here that of Savage Dragon that he loved it because it was something and that it was something different and a little oddball. Mm -hmm. uh, and he did mention something which I had kind of forgotten about until he said it was that Eric Larson had a good run on Spider-Man. And I do remember uh, enjoying his Spider-Man run. Mm -hmm. That's the one I remember at least uh, part because he was on it for a while. They that's when they bring back uh, Peter Parker's uh, parents and they were like spies or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it was so weird. Um but uh but yeah so savage dragon uh comes along the uh image universe and um uh but oh yeah as i was saying all right so savage dragon has been along the comic book for a really long time he's like the only superhero in the image universe that is still continuing to this day like you can go read uh 
Savage Dragon number, I don't know, I think they're on like 400 and something, and oh, it's wow. all written and drawn by uh, Eric Larson. Still, wow. Uh, yeah. Is, is, isn't Spawn still ongoing? Yeah, but uh, um, McFarlane doesn't... Uh, he, I know he doesn't like... Yeah, he doesn't do, do all of them. I mean, that's like the big deal with Savage Dragon is that it is all that. done by Eric Larson. Um, what a control freak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, but back, How dare But you? back to Eric Larson's style, like... It's weird when you read the dragon. There's, uh, I guess, the sort of image style at the time. The, the dragon. The dragon. That's what we call the, you guys on that on that kind of personal name uh, basis. I call them SD. You know, um, um, I, I I call them drags. <laughs> drags. That's awful. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. That would be like his uh, gritty like reboot uh version from like 2005 and uh he uses exclusively axe body spray oh to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> man i don't think you can get much grittier than savage dragon i mean those True. comics are so violent there's so many like bullets flying around and people getting their limbs ripped off and... yeah i was interested in how they were going to translate that to the cartoon to a kid's cartoon and <laughs> <laughs> well, it went about how I expected. <laughs> right, right. So I think that's probably enough for the. Well, all right. I'm trying to make a point is that uh, Eric Larson kind of mixed up his style a little bit. Like the first hundred issues of Savage Dragon are sort of done, and that his like typical like image style that you're seeing a lot of it on the screen here. But then now, if you look at it, it looks more like sort of like Jack Kirby on crack. <laughs> Like, see how okay. his, like, fists are really big there? And it's not yeah, as detailed. Yeah. It's actually almost more cartoony now. And I just feel like that that is Eric Larson's style. At least it is now. Okay. Um, okay. But um, but anyway, so uh, just to talk about um, Savage Dragon, his first appearance, uh, just like with Youngblood, it is not in Savage Dragon number one. It is in a indie comic called Graphic Fantasy Number One back in June of 1982, and he was just called the Dragon in that. And then he was first named Savage Dragon in Megaton Number Three of uh, February uh, 1986, and of course he's created by uh, Eric Larson. So I think uh, we can probably put a pin in the comic there. So moving on to the um, the cartoon. Right. Did you because watch? We're it? actually covering it. Yeah, uh, I did not. I did not watch. I don't think I watched it regularly at all growing up. I mean, I know I didn't, but I mean, when I was watching it, like it did trigger memories of it. So I, I must have like watched it here or there. I'm sure at the very least, with it being an image property, I you know was going to give it a, a look see, if you will. <laughs> sure. But uh, you know, I was also this came out when I was like 15, and uh, you know, full of hormones and just wasn't as interested in watching well, a cartoon and now those uh, hormones have been um removed steve i don't think you understand how a vasectomy works <laughs> i'm just trying to make jokes over here come on <laughs> and i'm just trying not to make children <laughs> you're a hero i guess yeah um, but uh but what about you what was your history with uh, the cartoon i imagine you were all over it being a big uh friend of the dragon <laughs> Well, me, I actually have the Dragon Dakota ring. It's amazing. Hmm. Um, no, I, I definitely watched it. I don't think I was able to catch like every single episode. Um, but I liked, uh, I mean, this actually appeared on the um, Cartoon Express. Do you remember the Cartoon Express? Yeah, yeah, this USA Network mm -hmm. Cartoon Express. Uh, I used to watch Gem and the Holograms and a few Yeah, they shows. had a lot. I remember there was a lot of, like in the early days, a lot of Hanna Barbera on there, and then they just kept, you know, moving stuff in and out. But uh, one thing we might want to consider uh, covering in the future is that the like one of the last episodes of Savage Dragon, episode twenty-one, known as Endgame, it served as the, a second part of a four-part crossover with three other of USA's uh, shows. Uh, I guess it was part of this Action Extreme team. Uh, oh, I remember that. And it was a crossover with Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Defenders of the Realm, and Wing Commander Academy. Holy shit. <laughs> it's all video <laughs> all right, games so, except for Savage Dragon. So we'll need to cover those other cartoons separately, which I know we've talked about covering Wing Commander anyway. Right. But um, yeah, um, that's that's kind of crazy. So yeah, so you were a fan. I assume you watched the the all two seasons of it. 
Uh, I mean, I just caught a, a bit here and there. I don't think oh, okay. I watched it all the way to the end. Um, oh, you literally just said that a few minutes ago. So. Sorry. You, Sorry. You had a vasectomy. My, We're all, yeah, you know. My, my balls are, you know, in disarray. <laughs> and uh, as we all know, that's where the, the male brain is stored in the balls. So. 100%. Uh, so just for, uh, all right. So this, uh, we all watched this on uh, Peacock, I assume, because, I mean, I couldn't even yep. find it anywhere else. Um, yeah, I believe it's on the free version of Peacock, too. You don't need to. <laughs> oh, I know I didn't pay. Um, yeah. Because I'm cheap. Which, which, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of, like, really cool, like, Exo Squad you can watch for free on right. Peacock. They, they actually have, like, a pretty decent collection of, like, good 90s cartoons. And uh, you, since you just mentioned Exo Squad, I mean, you realize that both of these shows are produced by Universal Animation, which, uh, you know, did Exo Squad and Savage Dragon. Oh, I did not realize mm -hmm. that. That is a that is a fun fact, a savage fact. That's what we're that's what we're all about here on Obscurity yeah. Now. Uh, so anyway, yeah, as Yael said, Savage Dragon, the animated series, lasted two seasons, a total of twenty six episodes, uh, and uh, the episode that we're watching is uh, the pilot, uh, and it premiered October twenty first, nineteen ninety five. Here's a, a synopsis of both the entire series and uh, the episode. So. Chicago cop Frank Darling discovers a huge green-skinned mutant named Dragon who suffers from amnesia. In the hope of uncovering his own identity, Dragon joins the Chicago PD and battles evil mutants led by the mysterious Overlord. And uh, just uh, a little comparison to the comic here. They were never referred to as mutants in the comic. They were always freaks. <laughs> Super freaks. I guess uh, USA didn't like that term. So uh, here's the synopsis for the episode. Overlord sends his monstrous spider-like assassin, Arachnid, to abduct Dragon's police partner, Alex, and mentor, Frank, in an attempt to blackmail Dragon to join his force of evil mutants. Dragon also deals with the media smear campaign. Uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. And I'm um, yeah. moving on. Uh, the director here is a guy by the name of uh, Craig Wilson. He hasn't really directed much else. He's usually a storyboard artist, but he did storyboards for the Silver Surfer cartoon, a Wolverine and the X-Men, and uh, Avengers Assemble. And uh, we've got a couple of uh, writers here on the IMDb. Of course, uh, Eric Larson is mentioned because these are his characters. And uh, the next guy is uh, Steve Roberts, <laughs> one of the blandest names ever. <laughs> um, he, but he's written some great stuff. Uh, the Earthworm Jim cartoon, uh, Darkwing Duck, Hercules, the Legendary Journeys. Make sure you check out our uh, Hercules episode. Max Headroom and your favorite, you hell, Alf Tales, the cartoon. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Alf. <laughs> I uh, love it. And uh, <laughs> then uh, coming up uh, at the end here is Dwayne Capizzi. Uh, here's another one we might need to add to the list. Do you remember the big guy in Rusty the Boy Robot cartoon? No, I, I don't remember. Well, that. he he wrote that uh, along with the Men in Black animated series, Alvin and the Chipmunks, and uh, the original TMNT. Um, and we already talked briefly about the production companies, of course, uh, Image Comics, something called Lancewood Productions, and Universal Cartoon Studios, which also. Um, produced one of our favorites, Exo Squad. Make sure you check out our Exo Squad episode. So, hell, who was in this thing? Okay, so um, we've got as the titular voice. Actually, I'm going to come back to to that. Um, the IMDb doesn't list a lot of the voices, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, it lists the actors, but not what voice they played. However, I did a little extra research and I was able to find them. So I'm actually going to read off something else. So uh, Overlord was played by Tony J. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a reporter that's voiced by him and a couple other like minor characters. Uh, Richard <laughs> R. Richard Richards, which is the uh, he's kind of like a, a Jonah J. Jameson. Oh, it's a direct ripoff, 100. Yeah. yeah, even like the the alliteration, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, anyways, he's played by voiced by Dorian Harewood, uh, who also does the voice for Lieutenant Frank. So. The one black guy on the cast is doing the voice for the two black uh, characters. <laughs> of course. This episode. But you know what? Like, if I, the guy did a great job because if I hadn't, like, looked it up or until I looked it up, I didn't realize it was one guy doing both. He did voices, do a good so. job. So, hey, Dorian is the man. Uh, we've got Peter Cullen, who I think we all know as uh, Optimus Prime. Mm -hmm. He plays Bludgeon. Um, we've got Arachnid played by Frank Welker. Finally said his last Yay. name right. Who, 
And he was uh, Starscream? Or, no, no, no. He's not Starscream. Oh, wait. He is Starscream. Megatron. Megatron. Thank you. Um, we Alex Wild, uh, who is the partner for Savage Dragon, is voiced by Cass. Her name is Cass. Oh. Uh, maybe that's short for catheter. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> but it's Cath Sosi, S-O-U-C-I-E. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, and also we've got uh, Jim Cummings, who played Savage Dragon. Uh, Jim Cummings has done a million, million different things and voices. Um, I know him from Star Trek Starfleet Academy. But hold on, Steve. I noticed in the credits, I don't know who he played on this show. I saw him too. Rene Abajonis, yeah. <laughs> a.k.a. Odo, right. from Star Trek DS9. And even though he's not in this episode, Michael Dorn does later on uh, voice, do the voice of Warrior King. So we do have some Star Trek uh, alumni. Shall uh, I run oh, it? And also, oh, wait, 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 I forgot. There's one more. There's also a, uh, oh my God, what was his name? Robert Ito, who was in Star Trek TNG and Voyager. I don't know what he voiced. Couldn't find that, but he's also in this first episode. All right, here it comes. Ah! Oh no! We've just entered another Star Trek connection! Ah! Yeah, they really had a hue, a really who's who of a voice actors, and I think I saw Mark Hamill in there too, somewhere. Yep, yep, later on, yeah. <laughs> he, he played not the Joker, the, the Jester. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I made that up, that's not true. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, um... I guess, you know, that's the uh, deep pockets of Universal Animation at the time. Um, so, uh, shall we uh, jump into the uh, the blow-by-blow, blow or play-by-play, play, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, sure, Steve. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't get you aroused. I know you, uh, you know, just went through something... I'll try to keep my pornographic expressions to a minimal. Thank you, thank you, uh, Steve. Uh, look out for Eric Larson's next book, uh, The Sensual Dragon, uh, Steve. Oh, Honey man. Trump. Again, I guess this is a, kind of a warning if anyone's going to read, like, Current Day Dragon. <laughs> it gets really, like, sexual at some point, but I know no one's going to read it. It's okay. Uh, uh, we do have Blair. I do, before we get into it, Blair Farrell is in the chat. Thanks for joining. He said, we had a station in Canada called uh, Teletoon that started airing this in 97 when it went on the air. So Nice. Uh, about a year after uh, it went off the air in the States, Canada picked up, picked it up. Good job, Canada. You Should we move there, Yahel? What do you think? I, I think it might be a good idea <laughs> considering what's going on. I know, here. right? Right. <laughs> All right. So we got our uh, classic sort of opening here where... Um, You've got your voiceover kind of explaining the um, the plot of uh, Savage Dragon. Uh, and uh, then the I was worried like we weren't going to get much of a theme song, but then it kicks in. And uh, what do you think? Or first off, how would you describe it? And what do you think about it? This would have been a great theme song for James Bond Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, actually, I was thinking it sounds like a uh, cop show from like the 50s or 60s. Yeah, it's it it I thought it was it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's serviceable. I didn't think it was very memorable and I don't necessarily I I I mean, it does kind of have like a cop feel to it now that you mention it, but I don't feel like it fits like a superhero kids cartoon. Uh No, no it doesn't because all right, I'll just throw out this sort of uh hypothesis or theory. It's like they're playing this is not a superhero kids show. It is a cop show that has superheroes in it. Okay, right, but they're selling it to kids. Right. So. <laughs> right. But kids love cops, right? Uh, don't you remember cops fighting crime in the future time? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, in the 90s, yeah, kids kids did like cops in yeah. the 90s. <laughs> uh, not anymore, but um, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, actually, I like the theme just because it's so different. I mean, I don't know. It's fun in a sort of cheesy throwback sort of way. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to go to Guitar Center and play it on a guitar yeah. or anything. There's no lyrics in it, so... Right, right. So, yeah, that does sort of ultimately make it uh, forgettable. Um, but, uh, all right, moving on. Um, it is uh, daytime. Uh, we're, like, on um, on a boat. Several cops, including uh, um, Dragon's partner, uh, Alex, they sail up to, like, a, a junkyard um, the uh, there's another cop on there, and he explains that those aren't any freaks; those are overlords, freaks, and they're sitting on some stolen hardware. 
And uh, we cut to the gang of super freaks, and a couple of those guys include Basher and uh, Open Face. They never say their names in the beginning, but that's who they are. And um, Alex gets on the megaphone, and she says, Surrender, or we'll send in the dragon. And they just sort of, you know, the bad guys, they laugh it off. Ha, 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 what's he going to do? And then um, Alex turns to uh, the other cop and is like, oh, dragon's already in there. And um, he basically he shows up. He um, beat, start, begins beating down the bad guys. Uh, dragon then dares, uh, or Basher holds up like a... Um, it's like a detonator or something. Yeah. He, uh, well, he's got like a, I think it's supposed to be like a, I was confused about what it was too. Like, cause I thought it was like a gun, right. but you can also like maybe overload it. And like, maybe it's like a, like a Star Trek phaser. Cause you can also set a phaser in Star Trek to overload it, Steve. <laughs> let's, I don't know if you're aware. Sure. Let's pretend that it's a phaser, but yeah, this is, and, um, uh, so you can make a phaser into like a bomb. That's what I'm saying. I mean, one of the sort of classic tropes of uh, a lot of 90s cartoons, I guess, outside of like Batman, the animated series is like, sure, we'll have uh, guns, but they're not going to look like, you know, guns in the real world in the slightest. Uh, So, yeah, maybe that's why this thing looks just like a remote control or whatever. But uh, I mean, it makes sense. They make it look futuristic. They can probably like use it to sell toys and that kind of stuff, too. You know, sure. Absolutely. I I, I get it. But I but yeah, then the the bad guy, what was his name again? Um, Asher, so he's like a goon for Overlord, uh-huh. and he like him and Savage Dragon like fight through this thing, and they like fall down a chute, mm-hmm. which is really weird and makes no sense. But then like Basher steps on it, uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh no!" And then like there's this huge explosion, and I was like, "Oh, they're actually killing somebody." Okay, maybe they, maybe they, but you know, they don't. It's not gory, right? But the implication here is that he's exploded. Mm-hmm. He got caught this explosion. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, well, at least they're going to carry over some of the violence, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then, you know, later on, very disappointed when they backtrack and, like, Basher shows up, I'm fine, like, at the end of the, at the, end of the episode. Right, right. I, I mean, I would say that that's actually kind of a trope of Savage Dragon is that tons of people have died and come back to life, like, over and over again. Um and uh, but all right, so right off the bat, like, uh, like, what are your thoughts after your up up to this point of what you've seen? Uh, up to this point, I'm thinking it's okay, it's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, very, it's very typical '90s cartoon animation is very '90s, like like good, good, decent quality, right? Animation, not saying that as a bad thing, but uh, this is definitely a show you can pick out. Oh yeah, from the '90s, like immediately for sure. Uh, I mean, I can definitely feel where they cheaped out on some things. Uh, at least animation wise uh later sure. on down the line what do you think of dragon's voice before we get to that i did want to put out uh, blair farrell since we were talking about basher you mentioned that basher was clearly the inspiration for don Cheadle's character in oceans 11 <laughs> <laughs> something tells me the production staff the executive producer on ocean's 11 was not watching uh <laughs> interesting uh parallel there i would say uh 100 but uh yeah the voice i don't think fits i don't think savage dragon it's okay but i don't know usually you'd expect your especially in a 90s cartoon for your hero to sound cooler mm-hmm. i guess you know we're talking about this is the era where you've got batman the animated series you know um and he just doesn't sound like that right cool. i i agree with you there to a point i remember even back in the 90s hearing him and i was like ah, oh, that doesn't sound like the way i assumed dragon would sound like it's weird it's almost kind of a like you thought it would be more sexually arousing to you. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, I thought we were going to not make things sexual, you know, because of your operation. I don't want to ruin Steve, anything, Steve, you help. Steve, you can get an erection. It's fine. <laughs> Actually, I can get an erection too. I'm just, I'm just not allowed to do, I'm just not allowed to do anything about it until Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you read some uh horror erotica by uh Garth Marenghi because it's uh Erotic enough to give you an erection, but you'll be too afraid to do anything about it. Oh, man, that's a great tagline. (laughs) But enough about erections. Good God. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So, all right. It's a little, it's like Wolverine-ish, but it's like extra sort of kind of snarky. It's the kind of voice, it also reminds me of, you know that um, detective in Batman, uh, Bullock? 
I think so. It's like that. It's it's basically a regular cop's voice, not a superhero's yeah, yeah. voice. And, and maybe that's what they were going for, you know, try and make him sound like an every man. Right. And I just wonder I just wonder how much involvement like uh Eric Larson had. Because um, I, I really feel like this is aside from a few things here and there, it's a pretty decent translation, at least of the tone of uh the Savage Dragon comic. Uh, to a point, obviously, minus a lot of like the gore and violence, but uh, but yeah, like the voice, it's really weird at first, but then it kind of, at least for me, it kind of grew on me a little bit. Like, did you did it yeah, ever? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, honestly, it was just initially jarring, but right, after right. a few minutes, it's, it's fine for sure. And Jim Cummings is is a good voice actor. So oh I yeah, mean, sure. I mean, his performance is fine. It's just the 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 tone of the voice wasn't what I right. Was it's like, was he the right tone for the job or the right voice for the job? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, but he's done like I know he's done other characters that are like, I, I guess for the lack of a better word, you know, more cool sounding or whatever right i think uh, what eric larson wanted was more like sort of snarky and weathered and not like yeah, yeah i mean i think this is what they were going for yeah. for sure so uh cut to r richards r richard richards <laughs> who's definitely not j jonah jameson in any way um who's like a newspaper mogul <laughs> yelling at his newspaper underlings about dragon uh and then he's basically uh he tells them that the dragon is on a rampage and they're like, no, he's not. And he goes, take some liberties. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then we uh, cut to uh, uh, like the reporters. They surround a uh, dragon and Alex as they exit the boat. Uh, dragon then cuts a promo on overlord through one of the newspaper cameras says he keeps crashing the parties, but overlord is a no show, which uh, I kind of, I kind of like the dialogue of this. I mean, it's just, you know, fun, sort of typical 90s superhero action. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's very, it's very like, uh, I, I would say more like 80s action yeah. movie dialogue. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which is fine. I mean, this is a 90s kids cartoon, you know, there's supposed to be a lot of action. So, I've, and and they lean into it, oh. which I think if you're going to do it, that's how you need to do it. So I, I agree. The dialogue's fine. Absolutely. Me. So uh, cut. Yeah. Like, like Overlord says something like, uh, oh, you'll be seeing me at a party sooner or later. I just hope you RSVP. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> is the title of the episode. I can't remember right, if I right. mentioned that or not. Uh, so, yeah, he actually yeah, cut to Overlord and he says, uh dragon is gonna get a formal invitation um so now we're with uh dragon and alex they're driving in some weird looking jeep thing again i guess yeah it, it gave me uh demolition man vibes this vehicle <laughs> right right something that they i'm sure they wanted to sell to kids um dragon says uh i guess this is sort of like his motto it doesn't matter if you're a human or a freak or does he say freak or mutant i think he actually yeah, i think he says freak yeah yeah uh, you know, as long as you're, it's not, a, it doesn't matter if you're human or freak, it matters if you're good or evil. Uh, and right. then uh, Frank calls, and uh, it sounds like he's getting kidnapped by a monster, which I thought it was pretty weird that you never get to see Frank until uh, until much later. You just, they just yeah. keep talking about him. Uh, cut to Dragon and Alex, uh, they show up to investigate where Frank was kidnapped. Uh, uh, Dragon sees the culprit and follows on foot into the sewer there dragon fights uh arachnid now arachnid must be frank welker right this definitely sounds like one of his voices yeah yeah, yeah. arachnid was frank welker. yeah but uh but arachnid just sort of runs away i think it's funny how dragon just smashes his way out of the sewer to get back to the surface um <laughs> he sees alex but then a semi truck um run tr uh, you know, accidentally sort of runs him down, but of course he's the Savage Dragon, so he just sort of like pushes back and stops so it. So Savage Dragon is an asshole, basically, because <laughs> Savage Dragon has enough time to like get out of the way of the semi truck, but instead he just like shoulder blocks the semi <laughs> and destroys it, right? I, uh, ruining uh, this man, the driver's sole source for income. Yeah, that guy could uh, become a villain. Yeah, yeah, and right, rightfully so. He's going to go protest with those other truckers in Canada. Yeah, yeah, and now he does ask the driver if he's okay. Right. Uh, his airbag went off, you know, uh, and he was fine, but he could have easily killed him. So is Savage <laughs> Dragon not on a rampage? Is R. Richard Richards not correct? Oh, so you're a R. Richard Richards supporter, I see. How do you I'm feel the, about Alex Jones? I'm a supporter of the truth. <laughs> nice, nice, well said. 
so yeah, after his little run-in with the semi-truck, he looks back and Alex is gone, uh, kidnapped. Uh, Alex wakes up covered in webbing to hear uh, Overlord and Arachnid talking. Uh, she looks over, and now we finally get to see Frank, who is Savage Dragon's uh, mentor, the guy who got him into the Force. Uh, he's right next to her. Overlord basically monologues uh, his entire sort of uh, plan, says that the cops are just bait. Uh, he's going to send Dragon an invitation to, like, Wrigley Field or something? Yeah, I think so. He's, he's like, he asks, like, Frank, do you think Savage Dragon would be able to resist an invitation to something at Wrigley Field? And <laughs> Frank, weirdly enough, says, oh, yeah, he'd love that. Like, he says something like, yeah, he won't be able to resist. Like, why are you helping him, Frank? Yeah, you helping Overlord? it gets a little weird there. Um, but, uh, yeah, Frank and Alex talk, and it's revealed that they're being held in the basement of R. Richard's building, uh, which is a weird place to, I mean, why would you even stash him there? I think it was more of like a, a reason for having their big showdown at the end, which we're about to get to. Yeah. So Dragon enters the R. Richards building where Basher is waiting. They fight with some ridiculous guns. Um, and this is where I start to notice that this cartoon, like many cartoons in the 90s, suffers from the you're not allowed to throw a punch rule that was coming down from, uh, from a lot of uh, you know the, uh, the kids groups and stuff at the time. Because yeah, yeah. if you notice, they yeah, only the, sort of... The RTC what's that the right to censor yeah yeah stuff like that Stevie Richards <laughs> <laughs> like they just sort of run at each other and then grab each other's shoulders like dragon does a lot of sort of like throwing and body slams and stuff right. and uh, it, I mean typical of the time still a little disappointing um, but you know this is definitely not spawn the HBO animated series definitely um, not. So Dragon beats him up. Uh, we don't even really get to see it. Uh, this is where I feel like they may have uh, cheaped out a little bit on the animation. Uh, Overlord appears, which uh, he and Dragon circle each other, which I'm surprised they even paid for that. They just keep circling each other. It's so awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah. They basically fight their way up to the roof of the building. And um, there's like this giant sign that says R. Richards on top of the building. And basically, Dragon defeats Overlord by throwing a giant C at him, knocking him off the building. Um, Dragon then, uh, the R. Richards then uh, shows up, and Dragon, uh, with like a bunch of reporters, Dragon convinces him to report favorably about him. Oh, and I forgot to mention... Uh, well, Dragon like figures out that they were using like the R. Richards building as the villains were using it like as a hideout or mm -hmm. something. Um, and like there was like newspaper ink or something. At, I don't remember. It was kind of, it was a little, I, it's a little convoluted, but basically like it seems like our Richard Richards like maybe knew he either knew that they were using his like building as a hideout or he's an idiot. Right. And... Yeah. That's basically what Dragon like sort of threatened him with. He was like, how would you like the rest of the city to know that there was a bunch of villains here using your you know, building as a hideout. And he, he sort of flips his tune at that point. Uh, yeah, he being our Richard Richards says, right. oh, isn't Savage Dragon great? He saved this building, blah, 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 blah. And uh, there was a fun little uh, callback that I forgot to mention. When he was, when Dragon was fighting Basher, I think at the beginning, or maybe even the second time they fought, uh, Basher broke his sunglasses. And then when he's talking to R. Richards here at the end, he takes R. Richard's sunglasses and puts them on, uh, which, I mean, I don't know. It's a fun little, deep, very action hero-y kind of yeah. uh, little callback to that. I mean, at least at least they bothered. I mean, after some of the crap we watched, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, your James yeah. Bond Juniors and your whatnot. And that is basically the end of uh, the pilot episode of um, Savage Dragon RSVP. Um, so uh, shall we run the bumper? Let's do it. All right, it's in here somewhere. Here it is. Remember the question. Uh, did you have any other uh, like comments before we render the verdict? No, not really. I think you covered it pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot that happens in the show. I would say the one thing I don't think that we discuss is that they do kind of explain Dragon's origin. Right. Right, um, right. At the very beginning, how like he was found like coming out of a fire, mm -hmm. and it was Franklin that saved him, and like 
got him on the force, blah, blah, blah. blah. Right. Yeah, there was and, a – I like how they sort of weaved it into all the action. Um, I mean, I'll say straight up, I mean, I do – I like the pace of the of the cartoon just because yeah it's, it goes by pretty quick and then they weave in because there was a scene where uh, it was uh, basically Basher at the beginning he was like saying when he was threatening to blow everything up Dragon was like oh, I can take the heat I was found in a, like a field of flame go ahead do it and yeah, yeah. just a fun way to like work in the info so uh, and. And, you know, a lot of this episode was, like, there's not a lot that happens in it, but the episode is really just to establish who Savage Dragon is, that he's a cop, and also that, you know, he has amnesia, so he doesn't really know where he came from, how he ended up in that fire. And we get, like, Overlord dropping hints that may or may not be true uh, about his past, saying that, like, Savage Dragon used to be one of his, like, best goons or whatever. Right. So, you know, there is, like, some intrigue built up um that you know i would assume is like explored as this show goes on so you know um not a lot happens but a lot also is established at the same time yeah they basically show all the major players um the one thing that i uh definitely feel like was uh probably not needed like there didn't need to be a confrontation between dragon and overlord already yeah. like he, yeah, he needed really- to work up to that to the i mean i know he's just gonna end up coming back and they're gonna fight again but uh, also, I found a lot of the animation uh, during that fight to be pretty bad. Like there was a sort of like a, I guess you want to call it a cycle or something of um, Overlord moving around on the roof. And it just looked just really kind of clunky. Um, yeah. I, I mean, especially since, I mean, the rest of the show is eh, pretty decent, as you said. But uh, but yeah, without any further ado, should uh, Savage Dragon be tossed into the black pit of obscurity never to be heard from wait let me rephrase that should savage dragon the animated series be tossed in the black hole of obscurity never to be heard from again or should it be remembered for all of human history you know i'm gonna i think surprise you and say keep it um you know the it's i wouldn't say this is like a great first episode but Mm. there are some like interesting like things that are like mysteries that are established right um and like you said the pace is good it flows uh goes by pretty quickly uh the animation like definitely suffers during the action sequences you're 100 percent right about that but otherwise the animation is you know good um so yeah i say keep it well what what say you steve uh you you savage dragon sexual <laughs> savage sexual uh yeah i mean i I agree with you. I'm kind of surprised. I, I thought you would definitely be on the fence. I was like, he could probably go either way with this. I just like how weird it is. It's, I mean, you know, you can group like, you know, X-Men, Wildcats, and Ultra Forest all into like the sort of same little uh, corner. And then you got your, you know, your Batmans and DC stuff like over in their little corner. Mm-hmm. Like there's really not much else like the Savage Dragon. <laughs> Um, and, uh, it's definitely original. Yeah. And they, they do a good job taking the character with the character design, like straight out of the comic. Like I actually started watching a little bit of the second episode where they have, um, barbaric, this like big red guy who was in, uh, did you ever read a freak force, which was like the team book of, uh, Um, I read a lot of the, uh, auxiliary books that were part of sort of like the Eric Larson corner of the universe and uh, freak force was fun. I would definitely recommend that to anyone who wants to go back and just read a random team book um but uh but yes and i I, one thing i did want to add sorry to cut you off but um you know this episode is the of the episodes that are rated on imdb this is like by far the lowest rated episode. really oh that is interesting Um, yeah so the rsvp the one we watch is rated 6.3 all the other ones are seven or above yeah so they must Um, have gotten their their footing uh later on um yeah so, uh, so yeah, we are gonna save this puppy. In accordance to Obscure to Now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. Good, good show. All right, so yeah, it's a good representation of uh, the Savage Dragon, a very PG version, uh, 100%. Um, 
So, I guess that is basically going to do it for this episode of Obscurity Now. Anything else you need to add there, uh, ballless wonder? <laughs> Again, they do not remove your balls during a vasectomy. Uh, my balls are oh, still Oh, come there. on. We all know you're a puppet for big vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do uh, want to recommend, though, any men out there that don't want children and are serious about it, obviously with everything going on in the country, and I won't get, dive into the politics of it, but yeah, I get a vasectomy. It's covered usually by 100% by most insurance. Um, and even if you have to pay out of pocket, it's like a few hundred bucks usually. I mean, it's much cheaper than a child. Just call, just call you hell. He'll, um, he'll set everything up for you. Yeah, I'll, uh, give me a call. I'll set you up with my, with my ball guy. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an outpatient procedure, you know. You're uh, you, most places will just do localized anesthesia for whatever the urologist I went through. They actually put you out, so I was like out cold completely under full anesthesia. But um, that's rare. Usually, it's just localized and takes less than thirty minutes, and you're done. Hello, this is Yael Velasquez. Uh, you you bring them, we snip them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, oh, just, I don't know if you, I know you feel really alone and vulnerable after your operation. Just wanted to let you know my uh, brother-in-law recently also got a vasectomy. So everyone's doing it. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure with everything that's going on, vasectomy rates are going to increase exponentially. So make your appointment now, uh, I, before all the slots fill up. I've already invested in a vasectomy stock, uh, cause that's definitely a thing. That's a, that's a real thing that, that you can buy. It to, uh, it's on Robinhood app uh, under what's its its ticker symbol? Probably SNP, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, we could just go on forever about this, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's it for this episode of Obscurity. Now, make sure you're joining us uh, next Sunday uh, when we will be talking about the very first episode of sam keith's uh the max or i believe it's also referred to as mtv's uh, the max so basically the mm -hmm. max uh animated series and um uh, if you want to leave a comment that'd be cool or subscribe that'd be swell and for all your vasectomy needs you got the vasectomy master right over here yeah, yeah. and uh, if you're on tiktok don't forget to follow us there at reptilian media mm -hmm. Um, actually, is it? I know the name is Reptilian Media, but is the at Stephen Finite there? Oh, uh, it's it's at Reptilian Media. Okay, yeah. mm -hmm. just do a search for Reptilian Media. Uh, Steve curates some clips from the show there, and for whatever reason, we're we're hot on the top. <laughs> yeah, because all the other uh, algorithms seem to hate us for some reason. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all right, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you uh, next Sunday. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity, Obscurity Now. Now.